Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. Welcome to another edition of Sales Pro Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bannum, and today we're talking about the topic of building a career in sales. We have a very special guest with us today, um, someone who's going to share his thoughts from an HR perspective on developing a career within sales. Uh, the awesome Tim Baker is an expert in cross-border employment practices, a big social media influencer in the HR space. He's community director at the HR Gazette magazine and is very active at different HRPA uh, chapters here in Canada. Uh, Tim is also a co-organizer of events such as Disrupt HR Toronto, which provide disruptive and informative sessions to leaders from across different departments, including salespeople. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more tim it's an absolute pleasure to have you joining us today welcome and a a pleasure to be here thanks bill i I really looking forward to this opportunity to uh to talk to the audience about building careers and sales and from an hr perspective so this podcast comes hot on the heels of a recent sales pro chat where we we spoke about exactly this topic. Uh, Tim, you were one of the awesome guests uh, on that day. It, it did terribly well. We reached hundreds of thousands of sales professionals across Canada and, and the US. Um, you're, you're joining us today, of course, not as, uh, as a salesperson. Um, often we do interview salespeople here, but, but somebody with a different type of perspective. Um, before we start jumping into all the hard questions, <laughs> let's start by, uh, if, if we could ask you to give us a bit of uh, um, a bit of information about your career trajectory and, and uh, how you came to be uh, where you're at right now. Sure. Uh, my my career path, uh, a long and winding road, um, but I think that that has offered me, I know that it's offered me some, um, some great uh, perspectives, very diverse view of the world of work. Um, I spent the majority or, uh, well, probably about half my, the first half of my career, uh, in the operations side of the hospitality industries. Um, and midway through, I decided, uh, or recognized the common thread throughout my experiences was, uh, lent itself to, to the HR field. I, I started to really focus and be passionate about the impact that people have on the organization and decided that I would go back to school, do my HR education and formally transition into the wonderful field of HR. 
Um, and as a matter of fact, early on, when I was in university for the first time, I, I did have, I remember my first sales role, and it was telephone sales. Um, and it was actually selling subscriptions to the Toronto Symphony. And uh, honestly, I, I I didn't like it. But the reason why I didn't like it, I didn't really know what I was selling, why I was selling it. And I didn't understand who my customers were. And, you know, that uh, that wasn't a good combination. And since then, I've had a few roles that, that encompass business development and and sales. And, you know, I've, I've always said to, and I'll say this to people, I, I don't consider myself to be someone that can sell. But you know what? We, we all do it, whether it's selling ourselves or selling a product or service or, um, and now certainly as, as I've come along in the HR field and now a self-employed, um, HR consultant, sales and business development are, are a very important part of my strategy. So that's kind of how I came to be where I am now. So tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do um, as a consultant and how, how you work with, with, with other companies. My clients are typically the small business or startup companies that do not have their own uh, HR support internally, or perhaps they do have some, but they are, they're typically in that growth stage uh, where they realize that they're looking for a solid foundation upon which to grow their business. Uh, include not just including their processes and policies and and things like that, but their people. So how how they can best build that foundation so that they can uh, you know they can create that company culture that they they really want and that they're looking to to create and provide for people. So I you know and I do some a little bit of unique work with some cross border employment areas, uh, companies that are in the U.S. that are looking to employ people in Canada and aren't quite sure how to do it. I do have some experience working in that sort of niche area. Um, But what I really, you know, no no matter who my client is, where I focus is how do I really partner with them in their business to understand their business and their people so that we can, all the pieces that we're creating and, and putting together, that they fit, that they fit who they are that it feels right, that it looks right, and that it, it combines together to to align with their company culture, with their brand, uh, and and therefore creating their great reputation. Well, that takes me nicely on to the next topic of conversation. Uh, what are the top things in, in your mind a company can do to develop and project a company culture which is attractive to new hires, uh, in, including um, uh, projecting the right employer brand to salespeople and business development professionals. Um, and tell us a bit, a bit about the, the onboarding process that goes along with attracting new hires. So when I think about company culture, you know, creating your company culture and communicating it uh, are both two fairly challenging things, uh, but they are separate because, of course, if you – if you don't know what your company culture is, then you can't communicate it. And I think that I had a discussion not long ago about onboarding, as you mentioned, and that, and, and we called it broken promises. So a lot of times I, what I find what happens is that 
an employer or a person interviewing, hiring manager, whatever, is trying to describe what their company culture is, but they're not because they don't know exactly what it is. And therefore, the candidate is hearing what they're hearing and what they're understanding is what they're what they're going to expect when they start working for an organization ends up not being exactly what they expected. And that's where we see that disconnect and therefore people saying, wait, this isn't, this isn't what I expected. Now it does go both ways because the candidate themselves is making promises to the employer. And if there's a disconnect there, then, then you're going to find it's, there's a misalignment. So if a company takes the time to understand what their culture is, or if they're starting to really create it to, to know where it is they want to be and taking the time to take the steps and, and really in have that intention that it's very intentional that they know what their culture is or they know what it, they want it to be. And that, and then they're able to communicate what that is. That is a supporting piece, I believe, into then creating their uh, their their brand, and and that's what people on the outside, their customers, uh, other stakeholders, uh, potential employees, that's what they will see. So then, then all the pieces are starting to fall into place, where you're able to communicate to potential candidates what your company culture is, what to expect, and potential customers will see really what your brand is and, and it becomes very authentic because it's built upon a great company culture. So there's, I mean, there's, and there are a lot of tools out there to, to help you determine what your culture is. Uh, I recently had a, a great conversation with someone whose, whose organization helps you to identify your culture's genetic code and your culture markers. And then there's a tool actually that when you're ready to start, hiring people, you're able to create a baseline of what your culture map is and assess the new hire's potential or, or predict what their fit will be. You know, a company like Grand & Toy, that's a, a great Canadian company, is, is doing a lot right now to focus on not just filling their roles, but finding out who are the best people to be working for their organization. And and I'm sure that they started with looking at who are we? Who is Grand and Toy? What is our culture? Who is going to be a fit? Because if you don't know where you are and you don't know what you are, then and it's hard to determine what you need. What is different, in your opinion, uh, about the hiring process in sales, attracting top salespeople and business development people compared perhaps to other fields? Because obviously, you being a bit of a HR celebrity, um, you, you would have seen different types of people coming into different types of roles. And, and I, I wonder if there's any sort of general trend which perhaps separate out those more client-facing professionals. That's an interesting question. So my simple answer is that, that I don't think that there really is, if, if you're comparing hiring for sales roles compared to all other roles. There really isn't any difference because I truly believe that every role and every field and every profession is unique. Could be as specific as a position or a role within an area. 
So it's a specific type of sales role that you're trying to fill. And yes, of course, you need to look at, does the person have the skills and the experience to, to, to fill that role? But again, I've always advocated for it that you, you need to focus on who's the right person for that role. And because you want to put your aces in your places, you want to have the right person in the right role. So again, I go back to what I said before that you need to know who you are in order to know who you're looking for. And there, the process can be as, as I'm sure everyone's experienced. I've experienced my own personal experience, the, that recruitment process and bringing someone on board can be long and tedious. And it's not something that you want to rush through. Because you you do want to find that right person. But it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. If you have the right process, the right tools to assist you in finding those right people, it's going to make things a lot easier, a lot more cost effective. And there are tons of tools out there. And there's tons of processes. It's finding the right one, again, that works for your organization. You can't fit a round peg into a square hole or vice versa. So I don't know if there's necessarily a difference in filling sales roles, but, you know, there are obviously unique characteristics or, or certain characteristics that people in sales roles uh, will have. Certainly they're front facing to potential customers and existing customers. So they do need to be, they do need that strong customer service uh, skills and, and personality. They need to, I believe, need to have those relationship building skills and and to really to connect with someone not just around what you're providing as a product or service but on more of a personal level level and that brings in that authenticity and you know those those attributes and those soft skills are hard to it's very difficult to assess and that's why and and I became aware of some great tools out there now that that again it goes back to assessing what's your culture, who's going to be the best fit and, and create, and, and really getting to know yourself as an organization before you're able to find out exactly who you, who you need. So let's, let's deep dive into uh, that, that idea about being authentic as a salesperson and, uh, and uh, helping to educate the marketplace perhaps rather than, you know, older fashioned views of, uh, sales roles being all about pitching. How, how can how can sales professionals be more authentic and uh, and have a strategy which educates their marketplace um, and bite perhaps those traditional urges of uh, of, of pitching? Um, and, and what does that bring to to the, the sales process? How does that help reinforce the the, the company brand and culture? So your question about his sales about being authentic and educating rather than pitching, my answer is yes, it is, uh, most definitely. I believe that people will not buy when you're ready to sell. They're going to buy when they're ready to buy. And again, not being a salesperson in my process of creating a and I, I don't think I really knew what I was uh, what I was calling it when I was doing it, but I when I transitioned into the HR field, I needed to I needed to join the conversations that were already happening in my field, 
I needed to connect with people that were already in communities in my field. So I needed to create a bit of a, what I, what now is, I know is, is my brand. And I was always very conscious about that. I was presenting myself through social media networking and all that kind of thing. The same way that I would, if I walked up to you in, in a room and said, Hey, Bill, how are you today? You, if you only knew me through what I share through social media, that kind of thing, and then met me in person, I'm pretty sure that you would say, yep, that's the guy I know. And I think that that's really important because that's where we all, we're people and we connect on a personal level. There will be those people that will say, yeah, yeah, I don't want to get to know you. I, I, I just, I need to know what it is that you have to provide that meets my needs. Okay, that and that may be that may be a very simple situation. Great, I need this. You have it. Sounds good. I'll take it. Done. But I don't think that that happens as as often as, especially with the perspective selling. And again, I'm I may be using terms here that again I'm not a sales guy, but when you're prospecting and or you're you're looking for the opportunities, then connecting on that personal level first has always worked well for me. So that I know that if I'm building great relationships and keeping them going and, and people know who I am, what I stand for and what I do and what I'm providing, then when they are ready, when they're, they're, that need arises and when they're ready to buy, I'm going to be top of mind. It's happened to me recently where one of my new clients, actually all my clients have come through referrals. I even have one of those uh, you come highly recommended. I have no idea who recommended me, but that was based on years of developing a great uh, network. But one of the most recent ones was I got to know this person uh, fairly well, on a very personal level, and a friend of his said, gee, we, we really need an HR consultant because, you know, for a few months uh, to get some work done and that sort of thing, and I have somebody in mind. And this other gentleman said, wait a second. I know this guy named Tim Baker and I, and I think you should give him a call because he knew me well enough that he knew it would be a good match or I'm hoping it will be anyway. <laughs> so, and, and I do as much educating as I can as well, uh, sharing with my network of business owners, uh, things that I believe that would be value of that, uh, to them within my area of expertise and HR and talent. And, uh, again, it, it positions yourself as a subject matter expert. Not the subject matter expert, because I don't believe that there is the expert in any one area, but as a subject matter expert. And, and that's worked well for me. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts on, on that. Now let's go to your final thoughts uh, as we look to wrap up here. Tim, what, what are your final, final thoughts for our audience today on why people should choose a career in sales? This goes back to, and I, and I truly believe this. If you, you have to know yourself very well. I've spent years really kind of discovering who I am and what I do well and where my passion lies. And, 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 and a lot of that actually comes from what other people are saying to me. Because I think a lot of times that you don't necessarily understand, or I anyway had a challenge understanding what it was that I really was good at doing until somebody else said, you know, you're, you're really good at doing that. I was like, gee, thanks. And then I went, wait a second. Uh, people that that are looking for 
a career in sales, if, if you're that person that really loves to, to identify where people's needs lie and truly believe in the product or service that you're offering, uh, then sales roles is going to be a great role for you. And, and the key thing is you have to, you have to believe in what you're selling or providing. You have to believe in it because that's where the, the authenticity and, 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 and being genuine comes through. If you enjoy creating relationships, becoming a, a trusted advisor rather than a service provider, then a sales role is probably going to be great for you. And if you're able to be patient, uh, patience, I think, is a big one. And that's probably where I didn't maybe succeed or, or, or as well in, in some of my areas of sales-type roles. But if you're able to be patient without being too pushy, then uh, you know sales roles are, are probably great for you. And I'll give... I'll give salespeople a little tip out there. Um, and I don't know a lot of other industries intimately, but I can tell you one thing is, is that, uh, and so keep this in mind, I'm sure a lot of uh, salespeople out there know this, but HR people, they don't like to be sold to. <laughs> so so when, when approaching an HR person, you really work on creating that relationship because if you start sort of really sort of pushing sales, they're going to back off. Uh, that's just, just from my experience. I know a lot of HR people. You know a lot of HR people. <laughs> uh, Tim, as we now look to, to finish up this podcast with you, um, how, how, can, how can our listeners learn more about you? What website should they go to? Um, are you involved in any events coming up in the next few months? And what's your wonderful Twitter handle for people to follow you out there? Sure. People can find me, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I, I use Tim Baker HR for pretty much everything. Try to keep it consistent. Helps me to remember everything as well. Tim Baker HR on Twitter. I'm still very active on Twitter. It's always been my go-to platform. I love Twitter chats. You can find me, Tim Baker HR, uh, my Facebook page. TimBakerHR.com is my website, which needs a little bit of a facelift, but uh, bear with me. I'm getting to it. But that will give you a a little bit of an overview of, of what I do. Let's see what else. LinkedIn, again, Tim Baker HR, you'll find me. Events coming up. Yeah, I, I'm also um, in my spare time. <laughs> I am a co-organizer of uh, the wonderful series of Disrupt HR events here in Toronto. Uh, myself and Jeff Waldman and uh, Kathleen Tixera are the three co-organizers. We are going to be releasing the date of our uh, this year's event. Uh, looking at the end of November, this is a great event that that is a, f- a structured format of uh, five-minute uh, talks. It, it takes uh, modeled after the Ignite events. It's not all very HRE. It's people in the HR and talent field or people that aren't in that that have ideas and opinions that relate to it. And uh, business leaders, actually, quite a diverse crowd. Uh, we had 230 people out at our event last December, and it was a huge success. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. It's a really, really fun event. So watch for that. You can find out more about that if you go to disrupthr.co. And what other events coming up? Gee, I, I'm looking ahead to October, and there's a lot of events in October, and I haven't decided which ones I'm going to yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's that's about it. Looking forward to uh a, uh, a fun and busy fall this year and, and really uh, um, enjoying what I'm doing with my clients, enjoying what I'm doing with um, 
uh, the HR Gazette as community director. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed speaking to you today, Bill, uh, around my experiences and thoughts and on building sales careers and, and whatnot. Well, I, I would uh, I would agree with those sentiments. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tim. Um, I think I think our listeners, just like myself, have, have learned quite a lot today, and uh, it's great to get a different perspective on on, on how to be a successful salesperson, how to build uh, a career in sales from from an HR leader like yourself. So, thanks again, and until next time, listeners. This has been the Sales Pro Chat. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.